Hello, folks. Today, we have the pleasure of sharing with you our 39th Costa Rica Pura Vida Lifestyle Podcast Series episode that deals with the daily life in Costa Rica and the oh-so-many questions that arise when thinking about moving here, visiting for a while, how one acquires their legal status, everything that you ever want to know about Costa Rica. As you know by now, becoming a resident of Costa Rica is indeed an involved process, but more and more people are taking on this task and they are moving here. In 2022, we anticipate being a banner year for new expats coming to Costa Rica and enjoying everything that it has to offer. Today and throughout the coming months, I'm going to be spending some time with Kevin McNamee, who is the representative for Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts. He and his entire team have helped hundreds of people in acquiring their legal status and everything that's involved with the process. He's been doing this for many years, and he's an expert, he's a professional, and he is a perfectionist when it comes to his business, and I'm really happy to talk to him today once again. Kevin, good afternoon to you. I would like to say welcome for the 39th time. We appreciate your spending a few minutes with all of us explaining what you know and what we need to know about Costa Rica. Well, again, I, I say this as I traditionally say, thanks for the invite. Uh, enjoy your, your questions and I enjoy being able to try to answer or successfully answer most of the questions anyhow. If, I don't think we've ever drawn a total blank yet, but uh, sometimes it's, it is, some of your questions are thought provoking and, and those are the particular ones I like. Well, I have five or six thought-provoking questions for you, so you, you are going to be a happy camper after we're done here. Kevin, we talked uh, the last time we did this, we're going to do a little lightning round where I have some topics that everybody should know, um, but most people don't who've never been to Costa Rica before, and so we're going to, uh, I'm going to ask you to expand on these, uh, these little ideas that I'm going to put in front of you here. Uh, the last time that we did this, we talked. To, you talked a little bit about the literacy rate and how how high it is because Costa Rica has no army and they spend a lot of those funds on education, and it's it's really amazing. It's helping the country so much because there's hundreds of corporations now that call Costa Rica home. Uh, global corporations are expanding in Costa Rica, and one of the reasons is, and you did touch on this is that we have such an amazing workforce that is bilingual and to go along with that the way they got there the literacy rate is uh, over 98 percent uh, expand on that just a little bit please well the literacy rate to mention one aspect of it it's just not automatically spanish and english you can find a diversity of, of students uh, learning a different language French, uh, Portuguese, Chinese, Chinese is very popular, Italian. It sounds like I'm ordering at a, my favorite restaurant here when I say this, but no, literally, uh, if there's any requirement, they'll have the teachers here for them. If uh, Again, if it's feasible. In other words, one person in the country wants to speak whatever, Punjabi, uh, they may have a problem, a problem with that, but 
you know, the education not only is achievable and it's inexpensive for the Costa Rican person, but it's very, uh, it, it, people with education are highly regarded, people who educate are highly regarded here in Costa Rica. The ingrained feeling is, without an education, I am nothing here. And it, it parades students and graduates alike. Interesting scenario. Yeah, that is amazing. And, and like I said, there's so many global corporations that are calling Costa Rica home now, and they are so excited about having such a hardworking and bilingual workforce. And like you said, it's because of the education, isn't it? It's the education, well, it's parental influence, education, uh, religion probably has a, a say in it or a, a stake in it or in, uh, a, a positive influence on do better, do better for yourself and your fellow man, uh, this, this attitude. Remember, Costa Rica is a very, very, very family-orientated country. You may be the best friends to a Costa Rican family, but any member of the extended Costa Rican family will come first because it's blood. And it's people, you're not being shunned, that their priority is that we take care of family first. And hey, mucho gusto, that's the way it is. And uh, nothing personal, but, uh, and they'll take care of you if, if you, in a, a moment of need, you literally become family. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's rewarding. It's, it's a very, very nice feeling to be living, from that aspect, uh, a generation or two generations ago when people actually cared. Yeah, that makes a lot of in, sense. In, in, in your home country, they still care here. And Kevin, for those who are listening, uh, who are thinking about coming to Costa Rica and starting a new life, and they have young children, school age, uh, talk a little bit about their options. Well, this, this is a little more serious than the average question. Um, Ma and Pa and three kids, age seven, nine, and twelve, come to Costa Rica and they're going to live here. Okay, so the parents are going to live here, the kids are going to go to school here, the kids are going to go to school here, graduate, and probably go back to the U.S. for university, unless they're fully proficient in Spanish by that time, and choose to go to a Costa Rican school, a university. But don't expect a totally bilingual school out in the middle of the boonies. That is a school that is built for the locals, the local families and their, and their offspring. You're not going to have the state-of-the-art uh, computers, etc., etc., etc. So it really comes a question as, do I stay in around the larger beach communities, which have a very adequate or, or very, very good uh, schools, or areas like I live here in Santa Ana, adjacent to the Escazú, which is adjacent to San Jose, and our schooling here is probably, without 
parallel anywhere in the country and probably exceeds your home standards for whichever country you're living in at the moment. It's, uh, they take this schooling serious, like I said before. High school graduates, if you belong to the correct school, uh, with their, uh, there's a term for it that's escaped me at the moment, but when they go to university, they're forgiven the first year of, um, uh, first year of university. They actually enter university as a second year because of the proclaimed and actual proficiency from the school system they learned here. That's impressive. And, and a great saving, too. Yeah, it certainly is. Kevin, uh, the one thing that I remember when I first came to Costa Rica such a long time ago, the, the sun sets really early, and it rises very early as well. And I've been in Costa Rica every month of of the year and it never changes does it so for people who want to start their day early this is a godsend for them isn't it i believe it's 20 minutes difference between the longest day and the shortest day okay and that's because of the way the sun goes to the equator at the shortest day and then starts northward bound up to the longest day but here you figure around 4 30 is dusk and man, when it starts to get dark, <laughs> it gets dark fast here. But consistently, the cat wakes us up at 5.30 in the morning and he knows he can see outside there 24 or 12 months a year. So it, it, it's just not a factor. It's not a factor. We just get used to 12 and 12. Now, coming from Canada, far, farther north, we used to have remember to turn the car lights on in, at nighttime after 10 o'clock because it was still bright out. It's surprising but true but uh, here come 6 o'clock 5.30 5 o'clock if you're really cautious you turn the car lights on. So it's uh, it's it, it just the way it is just like we get used to two seasons we have two two day two day lengths. Yeah and uh the fact that your cat wakes you up at at that time in the morning and i know that every time that i've spent a night in a hotel close to the jungle the howler monkeys used to wake me up so early <laughs> yes <laughs> the call of nature some of my favorite uh, hotels at the beach they have these gigantic big multicolored birds i want to say multicolored it could be black gray white whatever and they cackle and they crow and they lay eggs and you want to throw a shoe at the damn hens, but they actually are your automatic alarm clock. The first couple of days is novel. Second couple of days it gets tiresome. <laughs> fifth or sixth day, you want chicken for supper and I like to take the noisy one first. Yeah, definitely. Kevin, uh, the, the first European to set foot in Costa Rica was Christopher Columbus. I think that was back in 1502. And in his honor, they named the country's currency, the, the Cologne. And the banknotes, anybody who's ever been to Costa Rica mentions how beautiful the, the bills are, the banknotes. They have images of monkeys and palm trees and butterflies and flowers and every other animal that uh that calls costa rica home it's kind of a cool thing to be known as a country that has one of the most beautiful currency in the world well there's a there's a 
there's a story behind that. I kind of figured there would be. <laughs> and if there isn't one, I'll make one. That's right. <laughs> no, the fact is, the multicolored or the very colorful uh, currency was started in the days when the literacy rate wasn't that high. So a blue bill they would recognize as having a certain value because they couldn't count or read. Now, our neighbors to the north, excluding Canada, they have a unicolored currency. And they did that because it was their proof to the world that they had a highly educated society. So a person had to know what the difference was between a one, a two, five, a ten, a twenty, a fifty, a hundred, up to the old days when they had ten thousand dollar bills in the U.S. So they all were the, they looked the same. So that's uh, one of the sort of continuations that we've had here as the, as the money supply grew and the population grew and the educational system produced more and more literate and intelligent people, they were, they actually had to decide whether they would keep the colorful cur uh, currency and I guess by popular demand, that's why we still have it. Now we've gone to a new mylar type paper which is slippery than Vaseline on a door now when it comes to trying to to get a motor in your pocket without spewing them along the roadside or whatever, but uh, money clips have seemed to solve that problem, or wallets, but uh, the days of leaving your money in a big wad in your pocket are long gone if you don't have a money clip or wallet. I never thought about that. They are slippery, aren't they? And they can get away from oh, you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, they can. I won't. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, I've been accused of having that. No matter what kind of bill I had in my hand over over the last fifty or sixty years of money money growing through my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> hey, Kevin, I know you're a, a really good cook. I I enjoy coming over for lunch and breakfast sometimes, and. And you really, uh, you have a varied menu. Uh, with that said, the diet of Costa Ricans, it's really based mainly on beans and rice and vegetables and chicken. But there's so many ways to prepare dishes, aren't there? there there's so many things you can add to it or the way that you prepare it. Um, just speak a little bit, bit about how you take those four ingredients and you seem to have a, a week's worth of uh different items on the menu? Well, the most popular breakfast here in Costa Rica, and remember our population is, I honestly I forget now, some of the three million people in the whole country, but I was talking to a, a, cheese, a cheese producer here, and they make a particular type of white, um, I want to call it blah, but it, it's a plain type of cheese and such, and he was saying to me that in Costa Rica, forget about the foreigners and everything else, but to say the population is 3 million people, they average 100 pounds of cheese per person in this country per year, consumption. Now that's mind-boggling when you say, okay, they must be feeding some of that to the cats and dogs, etc., etc. But that's a, a gigantic figure 
This goes back three or four years ago when this producer was telling me that. But uh, they do they do so many things with that. The Gallo Pinto is a traditional meal down here. Two fried eggs, Gallo Pinto, which is beans and rice, a few little tiny herbs and such added to it. And then there's just humongous slab of white sort of rubbery farmers, farmer's cheese type queso. And other than that, if you were to tell a person that you have a choice, either give up your Gaia Pinto or give up whatever second on their menu, such a rye whiskey or or, or bourbon or, or queso or uh, cervezas or whatever, the cheese would, the, the Gaia Pinto and the cheese would not ever fall into second place. It's, it's, there's almost like a family challenge who makes the best. Uh, in my family, I make the best because I like making it and we make it for three or four days in a row and you know, lots of times it gets extra things that a Costa Rican would think are a gas, but I put some curry or I, uh, on and on, or always experimenting and such and half of it, I, I like Gaia Pinto and I like my own Gaia Pinto better. I make my own beans and like but, you know, they, I hydrate them and I cook them with the rice and I put a lot of stuff in there and I labor love, but it's uh, it's fun. It's fun and it's uh, something to do, but you get up at 5.30 in the morning because of the damn monkeys. Yeah, that's great. And it's so easy to grow cilantro and parsley and basil. I know uh, probably right <laughs> outside your door you still have a lot of those uh those uh, herbs available to you just to add to your your dinner we bought we bought at the market a couple oh, a month ago or so a humongous bunch of um, uh, no, forget ter not tarragon but uh, cilantro 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 or cilantro that's where you come from so I cut the tops off and I was chopping them up and my wife went and stuck the roots into the ground. Now I just, you know, I just removed their, basic their ecosystem for the plant and such, but you know that, those plants thrived, little water in the morning and such, and now we have an ongoing supply of cilantro or cilantro as a result of those, uh, that purchase of a month ago, I could feed the neighborhood now. It's, it's just mind-boggling how Simple, and those are simple pleasures. Uh, yeah, we bought a, a lettuce at the same time. The roots are still on it. Plant, planted uh, some of the lettuce and now we have pans or pots or whatever you want to call them uh, of, of lettuce growing here in the backyard, in, in the pans. So I mean, we go there and scissors, trim the, trim the, 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 the plants back and have them with our tomato sandwiches for lunchtime. Oh, that's beautiful. So it's, it's yeah, food is, you know, people, people around the world sort of think that their home country's food is the best and such, and there's, there's, a, there's a reason for that. They got used to it as kids and they like it and such. But to come here and put down the Costa Rican food, hey, it may be, and, and you can't do it anymore because they have extremely good meals and here. But, going back 20, 30 years ago or longer, it was pretty basic food. Well, that's what the Costa Ricans prefer. 
So what, they're not going to change for you. It's simple as that. And yeah. I'm, I'm with them 100%. Keep your, keep your traditions and you'll keep your society. Yeah. Um, moving just a minute away from uh, traditions, <laughs> Costa Rica was the first country in the world. I don't know if you know this, but they were the first country in the world outside of the USA to have a McDonald's restaurant. And they were the first country to franchise it internationally. Speaking of that, I know that uh, Costa Rica has such change as P.F. Chang's, Outback Steakhouse, Pizza Hut, Subway, Burger King, KFC. For those people who have an interest in coming to Costa Rica, they're going to see a lot of the USA when they drive down the street. Heck, we could even get Budweiser beer in the stores. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, it's, you know, it's a shame. Because, uh, no, sorry, I take that back. Costa Rica probably has the finest beers I've ever tasted in my life. But being a Canadian, where our, I think annual consumption uh, equals the waterfall over Niagara Falls uh, annually, but the fact is, the beer here is excellent. And we have we have beer from every country in the world. Like I say, the U.S., Holland, uh, uh, British, uh, German, Japanese, Chinese. It's it's all here. We're, very Kevin, I'd like to end this episode with one more uh, comment, a question, so to speak, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about it. Uh, when I'm in Costa Rica, I love to go on little day trips, two and three hour, maybe four hour uh, episodes. I usually take the bus somewhere, but there's so many places to see, no matter where you live in Costa Rica or no matter where you're staying for a vacation. There's so many places to go within an hour or two, aren't there? For example, if you live in San Jose or if you're visiting in San Jose, there's uh, the Irazu Volcano. There's the Poas Volcano, uh, two or three hours north, the Arenal Volcano. Then there's the beaches an hour and a half away. For those who have never been here before, it's really a great place to enjoy yourself and just take a day trip, isn't it? Yes, yes. You just said the opposite word. I, I'm not a, a real big fan of day trips because that means you're coming back to a home base and such. I'm a great believer in winging it. Uh, you know, let let the devil takes it do and such. I, my wife and I have gotten into the habit of getting in the car and really saying north, south, east, west, pick that way and just keep on going and make a, a, a big circle. Because the roads, despite what everybody talks about, uh, if a person has a grudge about roads because they ran off the road, it wasn't the road's fault 99% of the time, it was a little bit of, uh, of whatever reason, speeding or inattention or ooing and aahing and saying, look, look, look over there, look what's happening over there as, as the person goes off the road and such. Our roads are very good. You're going to find dirt roads, no question about it. You're going to find dirt roads in the rainy season, uh, leaving a bit to be desired. But are you going to go into a Waco that's going to be uh, four feet deep and 30 feet wide? No, you're going to have a, a, a pothole there, here and there. But on pavement, very good pavement. On uh, on dirt roads, very good, very good roads. But see the country. Every every 
person I've ever traveled with in this country, and I'm talking about taking somebody somewhere or as a guest or company coming down, all you hear is the oohs and ahs and such. We get a little blase about it ourselves after being here for so many years, but then it's, it dawns on you that it is spectacular. Even a, a countryside, a pastoral countryside, a couple white cows over there with one black cow or something like that, and grass, lush green grass and blue skies up above with a couple of white clouds and such. You snapshot, you make a snapshot in your mind of that. It's, it's indelible, it's there for, year, for life. But people try to do too many things at the two, and, and too, too few hours. Like I'm down here, uh, you know, you'll get a question, I'm going to be there for seven days and I would like to see the East Coast, the West Coast, and I'd like to do two days at this, and I'd like to do two days. Hey, it's a small country. Yes, you can drive from one ocean to the other in a day, no problem. But why? It's like people, you know, saying, I've been 47 countries. Oh, really? Yeah, the ship took us there to 47. I got my passport stamped. Which country did you like best? I don't know. I didn't have time to see them. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fool's paradise when you try to... Uh, try to use up every page of your, pa of your passport. Stop and smell the roses. We have you know, roses actually down here that have no smell, would you believe? Absolutely no smell of roses. But look beautiful, but like a lot of things, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. Stop and enjoy yourself. It's the, the people are geared up for enjoy yourself. Yes. It's, that's a very good point, and most of the things that you're talking about don't cost anything. You know, it's it's just uh, enjoying nature, enjoying the beauty of Costa Rica. Seriously, you know, I'm going to make a wisecrack. They don't enjoy themselves while I'm driving, but the fact is, it is it is a country where you you you'll never forget. You'll well, never Kevin, forget. We, yeah. Well, well, Kevin, we do thank you. It's been a pleasure as always, and uh, we appreciate your time. Just really talking about things that it took 30 years for you to realize that uh, you're in one of the most beautiful countries on the planet and I'm sure you really appreciate the the beautiful weather compared to where you were from. Actually Skip, to correct you, it took me four days after we arrived here to become resident investors with the idea that we would retire in 30 years or so and a year later we we're living here full time. That's, uh, that is a beautiful story, and we really appreciate it. And, folks, we've posted Kevin's contact information and his website address in the program notes that are associated with this specific episode. Uh, his website address is Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. That's Costa Rica Immigration and Moving Experts.com. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to our first 38 conversations with Kevin regarding residency and everything else that has to do with Costa Rica. Uh, if you like what you heard today, please share our Q&A session with your family and your friends on social media. We love to share our knowledge with everyone who gets anything out of it, and we'd appreciate your helping us in spreading the word. And finally, if you come up with any specific questions or topics that you'd like Kevin to cover, let us know. Send us uh, your request to my email address at CostaRicaGoodNews at gmail.com. That's Costa Rica Good News at gmail.com. And for those of you who have sent requests already, I really appreciate that. 
Kevin, thanks. Uh, we'll see you soon for our next conversation together, talking about everything you need to know about acquiring your legal status here in Costa Rica and really so much more. Pura Vida. <laughs> what a way to end the talk. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Hasta luego, amigo.